Hello everyone and welcome back to the Spice Within. I am super happy to have you all back here because again I'm not alone today. I have a very special person who I recently got to know and had the honor of having him on the podcast. So the person that's with me today is the founder and the owner of one of my favorite coffee places in Brussels and in Leuven. So this coffee place is called the Mock Specialty Coffee Roastery and Bar. So the owner is Jens. Jens is 30 years old and he founded the cafe back in 2012 and also there's a roastery. He also won the championship of Belgian Cup Toasters in 2014-2019. So he as you can probably understand is very familiar and very on top of his coffee coffee knowledge and coffee game and today he's joining us to talk a bit about coffee talk a bit about mock and talk a bit about the things he likes doing and if you are a coffee lover or if some if you're interested in coffee what kind of things can you learn staying at home so hi jens are you here hello jdeep hi how are you doing jens today very good thank you how are you very good as well thank you for taking out the time jens no worries no worries it's a pleasure I know you're very busy and uh, yeah it's it's a big honor to have you here today with us thank you so much so jens um i understand that you have been a bit less than a decade in in the coffee industry right uh yes that's correct <laughs> and you started at 2000 when you were 22 or 21 yeah basically i um i left school early or prematurely when i was 17 so i didn't really finish high school um i worked in some cafes and bars and then got to develop some ideas and really created a lot for um hospitality industry in general yeah. and then when i was 21 i worked on my idea of opening my own coffee bar and coffee roastery um and with my savings i went to the bank and um opened up my my first cafe and roastery um in 2012 when i just turned 22 years old wow that's amazing how 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 did you end up how did you have the courage to quit school first of all that's my first and foremost question <laughs> <laughs> well that was the easy part <laughs> no um i think i had a bit of like trouble with literally standing in the line at school and like being pushed in this like um in this cube um so i had a lot of difficulties at school especially as I, as i was um growing up so at one point it was so like difficult i decided to just quit school um in belgium you have to go to school until you're 18 um i was 17 so what i did i inscribed myself for like um self study then you just have to go to the exam commission it's called Uh, you can study from home so actually it was just to be legally uh student to be legally okay yeah. um, but in the end i didn't really study or go to the exams it was just to like um have the last year off i guess um but then when i turned 18 i started needed to do something so i started working i started working in my favorite cafe which was just like a, a pub you may say and i basically had um the time of my life um i had a great time with my friends um i worked hard day and night and then i had to make a decision what to do in life and it was pretty quickly 
obvious that I wasn't going back to school. So I decided to maybe open up my own cafe or that was the plan. And then actually over time, the idea of opening a cafe developed into um, more of a daytime job. Then um, I was thinking about coffee and visiting, visiting some coffee bars. And that's how the idea grew. And then when I was 20 years old, I followed like a barista course. And that's basically when a whole new world opened up for me. Um, and I remember visiting a, a coffee roastery. And that's really the, the tipping point for me where I thought this is something I want to do. And this is something that looks like something I can do, actually. So mm. I developed my business plan. I finished a barista course, which was very basic, to be honest. And then after finalizing my ideas and my business plan, I must say, even though I didn't finish school, I did do like an evening course of um, business management. It was just like one year. Um, you have to do this in Belgium or you have to get a certificate to be able to open up um, your own business. Um, but actually, while studying, was I was really implementing my actual business plan into the study. So it was pretty easy for me to finalize or complete it. And then when I turned 22, I found a place um, in the city center of Leuven, the city where I grew up and decided to open up Mok. Wow. So the first, the first uh, place where Mok was was in Leuven, then in Brussels. Yes, for sure. Oh, okay. Great. That's awesome. So it took you about two years to actually go from the idea to opening the first place, right? Yeah, let's say, well, let's say a good year, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. And how was the initial phase of the first year of the of of the coffee and the shop? How okay. how was the business? Okay. Or... Um, it's kind of an intense period, of course. Um, I, the, the 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 place I I decided to open my shop in was in the Diessestraat in Leuven. It's like a shopping street, mm. but it was on the very end of the shopping street. It was more of a um, there was a lot of empty spaces there. It was not going very well in the streets, but the, the 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 rent was affordable. And more important for me, the people or, or the guy who was um, renting out the place was a pretty young guy as well. He was only a couple years older as me. We immediately had a good connection. It was a like a decent price. Um, so I had a good feeling and I like to do stuff by gut feeling a lot, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that turned out or that worked pretty well. Great. So awesome. the, the reason why we went to a shopping street back then is because I wanted to be a cafe, but I wanted to be more than a cafe. I wanted to, to show that I was a roastery and a shop where you can buy beans. Um, that's why I combined the roastery, the cafe and the coffee shop, like all together in a tiny space. So it was easy for me to manage it by myself uh, and easy to get like some visibility at start. Awesome. But then it was a roastery from the start or um, you yes. started with, yeah. as a cafe first? So I had, I had no experience in roasting. I just did like a little course at a specialty coffee association, like a roasting coffee. Um, and I basically started with very little or basic knowledge. Um, and I just started doing it myself and like learning by trial and error and being very um, critical to myself and my own work every day over and over again. Um, so basically to answer your question, how was the first stage or the first year of opening up? Yeah. 
I think I can say it was very tough, um, mm. especially for for like for from a mental aspect. Um, I think that is something that new or young entrepreneurs should be really aware of: is when you open something, the pressure you're gonna feel. Um, for me, at least, is it was enormous, um, and that's basically because I was super ambitious and. The, the pressure I felt on a daily basis was to produce something really good. And there's people coming into your shop and people are very critical about what you're doing. So the pressure on a daily basis to try to be the best, that was for me the hardest part, to be honest, to deal with. And especially having this vision um, of being somewhere as a company, as a brand, as a person, and not getting there fast enough in terms of quality, professionalism, branding, and, and yeah. so on. It was kind of tiring. And um, I honestly remember having these dreams at night. Um, like, I, I played soccer back then as mm. well. Uh, and I had these dreams, like, being on the pitch and somebody kicked the ball in front of me and I couldn't reach it. And that was exactly how yeah. my life felt at that point. Like, I wanted to be miles ahead and I couldn't get there fast enough. That was a bit suffocating, but also... I believe that's what really drove me on a daily basis to like um, get better and better and be very critical to my own work. And um, yeah, I think after a year and a half of really working day and night, um, I remember going out with friends once in a while and I couldn't talk about anything else than coffee anymore. My life turned into this, well, tiny or very big world of, of just coffee, you know. Um, and then that's when, after a year and a half, I decided to um, to enter the Cup Tasters competition in Belgium. And that yeah. basically was just to meet people, to get out of my comfort zone, to try something new, but especially just to see some faces in the coffee industry. And that's actually the first time I won the competition, the first time I attended. And I did not really have the intention to win. I was just so obsessed by trying my coffees every day, thinking about them, doing blind tastings um, to be as honest as it could be to my own product. And I think mm. really that's what taught me how to taste and taste differences in coffee. And I ended up winning the competition. Wow. So let me, let me just back it up a bit because I think uh, there are a couple of things that I'm also very curious about. Okay. So if I understood <clears throat> correctly, you dropped out of school and you suddenly fell in love with an entire vision of having a, you know, this everything that uh, you, you fell in love with coffee and then you wanted to open your own enterprise and then take your love to people. But how did you end up loving coffee or how did you meet this idea in the first place? That's that's something that makes me very curious. Okay, so, um, well, it started, I, I just like to, I liked to go out, hang out with friends, go to bars, like, when, mm. when you're a young adult, this is the most important thing in life, you know, is your group, <laughs> is your group of, of friends and, and hanging out and having this connection, yeah. feeling that you're growing up. And that's how I started going to bars. And then um, there was an opportunity to start working as a waiter in that bar. And I was so like proud of being able to work in our cafe, you know, to serve my friends and um, that community. Yeah. And that's how I basically gained the love for hospitality or drinks in general uh, really quick. I remember being obsessed about, well, I cannot j say just pouring beers, but being obsessed about like pouring beers and 
making sure all the beers on tap looked exactly the same. And back then, I also entered like competitions. Uh, you know, we were serving Stella Artois, and I remember entering twice or three times the um, like the draft masters, it was called. Yeah. Um, like pouring, pouring beer competition, basically. Yeah. Thinking <laughs> back, thinking back about it right now, it was more of a marketing stunt of Stella Artois. But uh, well, that's just to show how I fell in love with like hospitality, service, drinks, right. and and then it's basically my 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 girlfriend back then. She took me to the these coffee bars, and that's how I started seeing potential in running a like running a coffee bar because I like the atmosphere like having a cafe without like the night shifts and the drunk people. And I really <laughs> started liking the beverage myself. And that's basically how it got together. Um, I mean, I'm also guilty of drinking caramel lattes and whatever. I mean, in the, in the very beginning of my coffee career, that's how people get into coffee. Um, sure. Yeah. But then to be honest, when I so, Going from drinking caramel lattes to opening my shop was actually a very short period. Uh, but very quickly, when I opened up my shop, I started twisting and turning to really make mock my own vision and try to get away from the commercial like side of coffee shops, mm. like the third wave, third wave coffee shops, like you may say. Yeah. Like we had these all these syrups. Um, caramel, vanilla, and all this, I mean, crap, you know, in the yep. beginning, um, because there's a demand for it. So Indeed. I felt I had to do this. But it also made me very sad, like putting all this energy in trying to make the best possible coffee and then like 80% of the time pouring syrups in it. So very quickly, I, tr I really literally um, poured them down the sink. Mm. Um, I hope my plumber is not listening because it's <laughs> sticky stuff. But um, and then I started making my own caramel syrup for a little while, and then after a couple of months, I just stopped doing all these flavor things, and we became probably one of the most purified coffee bars in Belgium, at least. Yeah, um, and I, and I can I, I can uh, second that because I've been to both of your cafes, and I think. It has uh, the last thing I think of is a commercial cafe. It's a yeah. very, uh, you know, it's very custom design. Even the design of the cafe, I, I love it. And... Yeah, the, the design in the cafes, in both cafes, almost, almost everything is handmade uh, and mm -hmm. made to fit apart from some chairs, but even most chairs are handmade. That's, that's great to know. Even the staff is very kind. And um, yeah, I think the... I never got a commercial vibe from the cafe at all. Yeah, we don't, we don't serve any um, bottled beverages. Um, we make our own ginger beer, our own kombucha. We make tepache and other fermentations. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the, the vibe. Awesome. So, gents, when you were leaving school and all of these big ideas were in implementation, how did your family react and what was the, <laughs> what was the background there? Um, it's actually, I, I can, I can still remember it like it was yesterday. Um, <laughs> it is like pretty personal, you know, but the, the first cafe I used to work at, it was also like the cafe where my parents hung out, hung out. no, the second cafe I worked at, better. Okay. It was also a cafe where my parents hung out and one even, one evening my parents and I were having some drinks and we, I still lived at my parents at that point. Um, and I remember telling, like telling them in the car on the way home. 
maybe slightly maybe slightly tipsy telling them hey <laughs> you know what i'm gonna do with my life i'm gonna i'm gonna open a coffee roastery in a cafe um you might think this is funny but we'll talk about it tomorrow i i i really mean this and this is what i'm gonna do um and of course they were a bit skeptical um they said they wouldn't like not not support me but like this is your thing you figure it out um, and i said okay look if i can live at home this was actually like the year prior to um like starting the idea and development of the business right i told them look if if i can still live at home for um two years actually that or a year or two i can't really remember um if i can live at home for another year uh, for free, I'm going to save as much money as possible. And I will show you how good I'm saving. And with my own money, I'm going to make the investment to start my shop. So basically, I just showed them from time to time uh, how much money I was saving. They saw how hard I was working, having a good time and being like starting to become professional in life, I guess. And then um, to be very, very open about this, after two years in total, so a year prior to telling my parents what the plans were, um mm -hmm. in two years i saved thirty thousand euros like wow. just working in bars and also thank thanks to my parents i didn't have to pay any rent um so it was awesome. easy for me to earn a lot of money working hard a lot of shifts and saving a lot of money and that's with that money i went to the bank and it was kind of easy to get a loan um that's how i started that so, sounds great of course, I mean, after I started, my parents, they supported me mentally, but it was like not financially. Um, yeah, because you need to somehow prove yourself that, look, yeah, I am serious about this and this is something I, I really want to be in for the long run, right? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. That's that's great to know because, you know, coming, I, I'm coming from India, so there it can be a bit of a tricky project to make sure your parents are on board with a <laughs> out-of-the-box idea or... Yeah. Just going out of the normal, you know, uh, the, the path that you take. I understand. <clears throat> cool. So how, how is it going now? Uh, the coffee scene in Mock, how, what do you think of the current, uh, how the, the roastery is growing? And I've also heard that you are also shipping internationally now, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, a lot. Uh, right. one, one more little anecdote about um, having my parents and how skeptical they were in the beginning. Yeah, of course. My, my, I just hired my father after wow. eight years of, <laughs> eight years of, uh, of mock. My, my father is actually a banker and Damn. he worked at uh, a big bank in Belgium for 40 years. Okay. And now he's quitting his job at the bank to work for mock. Like the, the last do? couple of years, he was helping me out for free, a okay. bit like doing accountancy. And now he officially became a member of the family and he's going to be on uh, the payroll. Wow. And w what is he going to do, if I may ask? Well, he's... He takes care of accountancy and um, like the rosters of the staff, and he okay. I, he drives around with coffee a bit as well, doing some deliveries. So in basically, the like the CFO. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. How does that make you feel? That you must be very proud. Yeah, well, you know, you, in a way, it makes me proud. I guess. Yeah. Oh, well, it's just nice to like keep it in the family, and I think it's very difficult to work with associates. Yeah. Um, maybe if you're more than two, if you're three, I think it's possible, but I really decided to do it on my own. Um, yeah. but I, I, I believe in working with family. It's either with family or with a lot more people. So there's enough room for discussion and there's always 
a bigger team voting towards the other team, if you know what I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah. I yeah. think if you're with two, it's very difficult. Um, but yeah. just to have my parent, my, my, my dad on the team, I mean, it's, it's easy because we're super open and honest towards each other. It's like never awkward. Um, well, awesome. That must be very fulfilling. I can imagine. <laughs> Damn, I, 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 I can not imagine how would it be to work with my dad. All right. <laughs> Hopefully in the future. But yeah. uh, also, and your girlfriend, what, whatever happened to that girlfriend? Is she still around or... Uh, well, she's still around, but not um, not as my girlfriend. Oh, um, wow. Actually, we we broke up before we started the I to started before I started the cafe. So the, the 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 girlfriend or the woman who introduced me a bit into coffee, basically at one point, it was the idea maybe to open it together. Uh, oh wow! Um, but then that um, relationship stopped, and I did it myself, and that's actually how I really developed like my own idea and okay. And brand, so. And I has believe, she tasted your coffee? Yeah, yeah, she's 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 um <laughs> she's a customer. I might say a okay. regular even at my my cafe in Brussels. Oh damn! So like like they say, behind every successful man, there at least was a woman with yeah, the idea. Yeah, but there, there's a diff, there's a different a different woman now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, lucky lucky the current woman with. Uh, dating a coffee lover or are you married now? she's, you, she's, she's listening watch out <laughs> oh okay <laughs> okay cool you're the lucky one <laughs> anyhow so uh going back to the the question gents how how do you think about the current coffee scene how is it going in mock right now also we just we're still in a pandemic so how is that affected okay your, okay how get a lot, lot of questions at, a lot of questions at, sorry just, at just uh, it's okay that's okay just stop me when I'm talking too much, you know. Of course, I mean, there's yes. a lot, a lot to say. I'll try um, to do that. Um, well, with us, everything is fine, to be honest. Um, okay. Of course, it's not a completely happy situation, I guess. But as soon as the the news broke uh, about the pandemic and the, the lockdown, to be honest, it's really my entrepreneur side of my the entrepreneur side of myself that like takes over mm. and immediately I start looking for opportunities possibilities starts developing ideas I, I basically think okay this is the same for everybody my customers are still there how do we move on what can I do to I don't know, do better than my competitors, I guess. Yeah. It's a bit of yeah. a competition, you know. Um, so what can I do to make my customers happy, to to do something for them, to make sure we can thrive? And how can I stay my competitors ahead? That's basically what goes through my mind, to be really honest. So um, when, when the lockdown started, I immediately released our new website. We had a new website ready to launch. That was a bit of a lucky moment. But we, we launched a new website, started doing some promotion, I released a new subscription service so people could subscribe to coffee delivered at home. Mm. I immediately bought an electrical cargo bike, started delivering coffees in neighborhoods by bike myself. So I could, like the customers could see one of my members of staff or even myself delivering the coffees. Um, we did some takeout brunches and really just tried to like keep the community alive and making sure people wouldn't forget about Mock because I think that's the, the the biggest issue with some cafes or restaurants that they're just like, they froze themselves because they were a bit scared, which is, which is normal, but 
um, yeah. I don't know, or just looking for opportunities. So well, you kept the, the vision end, alive. In the end, we did really good. Awesome. Uh, if you want to hear some like like figures or numbers, I think we did like only during lockdown only five percent less revenue. Wow. Even though the shops were closed, and like eighty percent of my staff was on. Um, economically unemployed uh, pay of the government. Yeah. So that means we sold like a lot online. Um, as soon as we could do some takeaway or we figured out we could do some takeaway, we started doing that with a limited amount of staff. Um, so actually we did great, to be honest. Sometimes it feels a bit like weird to say, but we actually did great. Congratulations. And then look, so look, that... looking at the, the, the figures of like August in, in Brussels, it's very weird, but we did a lot better than last summer. <laughs> like honestly, I, 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 I think, think I think yeah. our shop our shop went our shop did twenty five percent better than last year, and wow. I think that's probably because the, the 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 city gave us some extra terrace, so we had more seats outside. Right. Nobody is going on holiday, so we don't have the tourists, but everybody is at home, and a lot of people are working from home, so. It, it was just very busy in the shop. Makes sense. Yeah, congratulations, I must say. And uh, basically, this kind of was a, well, how, how, how do I say it? Like an opportunity in disguise for you to start doing really yeah, important I, I really more things believe, on the table. I really believe a little bit in, in faith, you know, and just believe in yourself and um, always try to make the best of it. And I mean, my job is to be an entrepreneur right not just a coffee roaster i always need to find solutions and that's also what i like about the job apart from the coffee aspect yeah so the fact that you see yourself as an entrepreneur do you think that uh, you're gonna expand beyond the scope of coffee in the future um so well i'm not sure if i see myself as an entrepreneur well it's a bit of a difficult statement but it is my job to try to make a living for myself and right. for my staff myself i have to make sure that we sell things and we make a great product and a community um, and i definitely want to grow as i'm a very ambitious person mm -hmm. but i do not see myself as the guy that's going to open up like 10 coffee shops right quality, but you, you, you want to stay in, in the zone of coffee right always yeah, for sure. Like, definitely coffee is my main interest. It's what I do best, for sure. But as um, I'm also interested in wine and food. So my cafe has good food, I think. I know. Yeah. Um, I like to be part of that, try the food, help the kitchen staff. Um, we are going to open a new roastery in Brussels. Oh, okay. Where? Where um, is that going to be? Close to my cafe. Okay. Um, we're finalizing the deal, so this is kind of like a disclaimer. Yeah. Or, um, so you're probably the first to hear oh, it out loud. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna open up the roastery in Brussels, and we're gonna have a wine shop in front. But it's gonna yeah. be a wine shop with food. There's also gonna be coffee, but very limited. Um, very limited, but very high quality espresso. Um, we're probably going to bake our own sourdough bread, have some limited loaves every day for sale. It's going to be of a wine bar, deli, coffee shop in front of the roastery. And that's going to be close to, um, to our actual coffee shop right now. 
so to answer your question, it's going to be always about coffee, but there are other products who go hand in hand with coffee, I think, and that's natural wine, good seasonal food. Um, but my main focus will definitely stay coffee. Awesome. I am glad to hear that because I'm a big fan <laughs> and it would be always good to have mock around, let's say. <laughs> cool. So, uh, gents, need to know what is your favorite coffee or what kind of coffee do you actually drink? Um, I think in general, I like filter coffee over espresso. Okay. Um, the reason why I say this is because I think filter coffee is a lot easier to understand and to produce and reproduce great quality also for people at home, uh, where espresso is really a craft by itself. Um, yeah. I, I, I think we make really good espresso. But if I question myself drinking coffee in general, what is a good coffee for me? A good coffee for me is a coffee that is salvating, that is fresh, mm. fruity, delicate, has exactly the right strength, the right acidity. And the question I always ask myself, does it taste like more? Do I want to drink more? And it's the same with wine and foods. You have to question yourself when you eat or drink something. How often do you think like, whoa, this is great. And it makes you want to eat or drink more. That's what I... That's what I'm looking for in a cup of coffee. And I think it's a little bit easier to find this like balance and extraction in filter coffee, where espresso is a very complicated beverage. Mm. And it's a beverage with a lot of um, tradition. And this tradition is like hard to break through. Everybody's making espresso exactly the same way. And there's so much undiscovered... Um, area of like how you can extract or make an espresso mm. so in general i think espressos are difficult i love a very good espresso but it's a delicate delicate beverage and it's really hard to be consistent and to in a convert a commercial environment to make constant perfect espresso and it's i think it's something a lot of shops are not aware of how difficult making espresso is Right. Of course, if you drink a high quality coffee with the water machinery, the skills my baristas have, it's a lot better than in a lot of other cafes. But still, being in this niche, looking for the perfect espresso, I think it's a very interesting and difficult Tricky. Uh, quest. Yeah. Yeah. But then also, you don't like any any of the milk milk products or any milk coffee just I, yeah for sure I, I mean everything that's on my menu i like if i wouldn't like it it wouldn't be on the menu of course, of course i do like a cappuccino from time to time or maybe a flat white even i do think those beverages are very close to each other depending on where you go size of the cup and so on right, right. but i do like a milky drink if it's made with um fresh uh fresh milk okay um or even with oat milk okay at one point, I think I maybe like oat milk more than normal milk. It really depends. Um, and I often try them to see how the milk goes with the coffee and the texture and the balance and so on. But I would not often drink a whole cappuccino. Right. I don't drink that much coffee. I just drink it for flavor, not necessarily because I need it. Okay. 
but i also hear the stereotype correct me if i'm wrong i could be terribly wrong here that <laughs> no a lot problem. of baristas or cafe owners actually always prefer black coffee over coffee <clears throat> with milk yeah of course of course i mean i i rarely drink white coffee yeah, um yeah. i like it to be pure just yeah. like a lot of things in in life i think yeah and yeah for sure black for sure definitely but on the other hand i don't mind i mean the tradition of cappuccino it's 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 a beautiful beverage it's a uh, sweet creamy if done well amazing to drink um yeah. i consider myself a purist but i'm not a hypocrite i mean some things are nicely com- nicely in combination yeah i recent i well i'm a, i love black coffee myself but i re- recently started learning latte art at home and uh, i i it's very difficult because i don't drink uh milk in a coffee i i don't prefer at least so whenever i'm drinking uh or making latte art at home or practicing i try to always i'm always giving out coffees to my neighbors because you know <laughs> the yeah. last thing i want is to pour it down the drain yeah, yeah. but uh yeah I, i i see where that love comes from awesome uh so a lot of the people who are listening to us gents today are making coffee at home and are still working from home having the the coffee experiences at home who cannot go much out to cafes not just in belgium but internationally as well so need to know what kind of tips would you have for them or what kind of tools is important to have which are affordable but easy to use at home and what would you recommend for people who are at home what kind of coffee or tips that they can have while making coffee in the morning okay um so this is like a question the, the the question i get the most is probably what is your recipe mainly yes. for filter coffee but even espresso yes. coffee they ask me constantly on instagram and so on what is the recipe how do i make good coffee at home yeah. it's interesting because communicating a recipe is like almost impo- impossible irrelevant um, <laughs> so we're planning when new roastery opens up we're going to start a youtube channel where awesome. i'm going to explain well or try to explain everything we know as a company and try to make some fun videos for you guys at home to like um see what we're doing see what we're up to and to learn some more about uh, home brewing or professional brewing and so on um but what i really want to say today is that um communicating grind size for example is irrelevant i think the main thing to focus on at home is definitely definitely water quality mm. um when i try coffees in my cafe and i try them at home just with tap water the difference is like immense i don't okay. make coffee with tap water actually so probably your water quality is the most important aspect of your brew knowing that if you make a filter coffee um 98.5% will still be water in your cup mm. and only 1.5% will be coffee So starting right. with good water will definitely help you like enhance all these fruity and delicate notes and the mouth feel you really want to want to chase. Um so for people in Belgium, I mean Spa is a very good uh water. Um mm. I know in France there is Volvic. Um if you go to the supermarket and you want to buy bottled water, mm. look for a pretty lie a pretty sorry, pretty low um dry rest. So this means the when the water is completely boiled dry how many milligrams per liter of minerals is left and i think everything under 200 to give you a big range is good 
um, but probably staying under 80 is even better. You can see it on the bottle in the description of the content of the water. It says dry rest or dry residue or something. Um, and I think for spa, for example, it's like 36, 38 milligrams per liter. Uh, Volvic is a little bit higher, um, but even water that is 120 milligrams a liter will be interesting. Then probably that the pH, I think should be around like seven or eight. Um, but in general, trying bottled water gives you a lot better results than just mm. tap water. Okay. Um, another option, because yeah, of course, not everybody wants to buy um, bottled water or, or wants to spend money on bottled water. Um, there is this system we just released right now, and it's also available on our web shop, is um, peak water. It's actually okay. like a, a water jug compared to like the classical Brita filters and, and whatsoever. Um, mm -hmm. But this one has a special developed cartridge to make the water actually softer that comes out of your tap water especially for tea and coffee beverages. Okay. Um, so the box contains like a water test. You have to test your own water and then it says what you have to do to get the right water out of the jug. There is like a knot on top and you can basically adjust how soft or strong your water is um, with the jug, which is quite impressive and super affordable. I think it's 55 euros for the jug. Okay. And that's, that's by released by you guys. The, we, we sell it in Belgium. Oh, okay. um, but it's um, made by the guys from uh, Colona Coffee in the UK. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Very interesting. Good product. to know. So water is definitely the the biggest issue or um, the biggest, the biggest flavor component. enhancer if you have good quality. Um, yeah. And then, of course, a good, grind, good grinder. Um, don't use these like double-bladed parsley grinders, as I call them, mm. because it's so difficult to get a consistent grind size out of that. You really want to go for like um, a ceramic or a steel conical or flat burr hand or electrical grinder. Um, but definitely, yeah, the quality of your grind is important. Freshly mm. ground coffee makes better tasting coffee in general. Okay. But would you recommend a hand grinder or an electric grinder? Well, in general, I think a hand for just for home use, a hand grinder definitely does the trick. And even in the hand grinders, you can go from something from, let's say it starts around 50 euros for a decent one up to 250. Uh, I myself, I use the Comandante, which I think okay. is an amazing uh, hand grinder. Um, but other brands like Porlex or whatever are definitely good enough to, uh, to brew at home. Um, so water grinder, and if you just for filter and espresso, stick to a um, a certain amount of coffee per per liter. For example, for a filter that would be around let's say fifty to sixty grams a liter. Okay. Um, you will definitely get good results. Mm -hmm. And if then the coffee tastes too weak, you want to grind a bit finer. If the coffee tastes too strong, you want to grind a bit coarser. Yeah. Awesome. And. Uh... Quick last question from my side, because I think that's also <clears throat> for me to know from your perspective, what what would be the, let's say, the tool that you'd recommend? Would it be a French press for a filter coffee or Chemex or what would you recommend? Um, or what, you, what is your go-to at so home? Actually, the, 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 the most, when I, when I travel, for example, I don't take any try not to take any tools anymore. I used to travel with like all my coffee gear, but okay. now I just make 
when I travel, coffee like a cupping, like a cup tasting, which is basically a very interesting way to make coffee without any tools. And it's very nice for everybody to try at home, I think, is just to get a cup, okay. have your ground coffee, um, let's say 12 grams for 200 milliliters. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have your ground, you have your ground coffee in the cup. You pour hot water on the coffee at once until you are at the rim of your cup, around 200 milliliters. And then you let the coffee sit for four or five minutes. Then you will see a crust um, appears on top of the coffee. You just let the crust sit for those four or five minutes. And after um, your extraction time, you break the crust, which is like um, breaking it with your spoon and smelling the cup. Then you give it a little while for the grounds to sink to the bottom. And then with two spoons or with one spoon, doesn't really matter, you can scoop off the top of the cup. Um, there will, it will be a bit like foamy or gritty. You can um, scoop that off and then you can just slurp from your cup uh, very nice. gently. So the grounds stay on the bottom of your cup. And in a lot of um, cases, this makes the best coffee, to be honest. Awesome. Um, on the other hand, I like AeroPress because of its diversity and it's fast uh, and interesting to, to, to play around with at home, for sure. Um, mm. So I think those are my favorite uh, methods. Awesome, gents. Oof, I, I don't know about everyone listening, but I learned a lot about coffee and about gents and your vision. <laughs> Actually, the first question that I should have asked most likely is going to be the last one, but what does MOC stand for? And what <laughs> explain us the logo as well. So um, there's another story, of course, about the logo. Try to, to, keep, it, to keep it short. Um, actually, the name means... So M-O-K means mug, M-U-G, like mug in Flemish is mug, oh, yes. a, big, a big cup of coffee. I used to say it was because we want to promote the filter coffee again, which is actually like kind of true, but it was more like we didn't, I didn't have a name for the company. I came up with a lot of ideas. I hired some people to come up with a logo and a name. Those people didn't do a really good job, so it was really <laughs> hard to like decide on the name. Also, I was 22 years old. Right. I was not developed as a person. I did not develop my own style or identity yet. Not as a person, not as a company. So at one point, I just took Mock because the logo some guy made for it. And the name, it was simple, catchy. It made sense. Thinking back about it, it's super cheesy to having your <laughs> brand called Mug. <laughs> with the logo back then which was like m-o-k and in the o there was like a little coffee cutout like it was like on my business card even a little see-through in the middle like a coffee mug a steaming coffee mug you cannot make it more classical or cheesy as that you know it was black and gold Um, (laughs) but for them it worked i mean once again i was super young i wanted to get started i probably decided on the yoga on the on the logo two weeks before we opened up and then developing myself and my business over the years i quickly like got really annoyed by my identity and my logo and the name and i was not proud of it i was proud of my business but not of the logo and the name i had the feeling it didn't suit my my ideas and my what i stand for so i was thinking of doing a total rebrand maybe changing the logo and I, and I got to know a guy who is a designer he's, he's called Matthias Dex he's from Antwerp um, and we looked at the logo together and actually we just kept the name 
And he quickly came up with uh, the monogram, so the, the logo, the square and the triangle and the circle together. It's actually mm. a monogram of M-O-K. So you can see the M, you can see the O, and if you look upside oh, yeah. down, you see the K. So it was just like a monogram of our name. And then wow. we, that's, that's actually the point where I decided to be more, more of a logo, more of a style and identity than necessarily the name. And then everything like fell together, the branding, the, the bags, the, the logo. So you can see on the bags, the logo is in big. Yeah. And next to it, it says Mock Specialty Coffee Roastery and Bar. And actually the name Mock is the same um, size of letters than Specialty Coffee. So it's more like a description of the logo. So we, we purposely pushed the, the name on the side a little bit. Right and became more of an identity and a logo but we're still called mock and actually now i love the name it's so simple and in a way i, I think of it as being stupid but with so many logos or names it's all about how it looks how it feels so this is definitely something young entrepreneurs should take a, a board don't overthink the name it should be simple it should make sense but a lot more important is how does it look? How does it feel? And is it connected to your style and shop and vision? And since I changed the logo and the, the identity, that's where Mock really like kicked off. Um, I, I had my shop in Leuven. I did a little shop refit inside. I had my new logo. And then I felt like I'm ready for the actual like worldwide coffee market. Um, but then we're in Leuven, you know, which is a small student town. And I was growing up. I wasn't, I've never was a student. And I definitely was growing out of the student world. So I felt I had to, I wanted to show Belgium or, or, or Europe or the world even maybe who I was and what I could do and who we were. Um, so I decided to move to Brussels. And that's basically how I got the idea of um, opening a second mock in the capital of Belgium, the capital of Europe. Mm. Um, to show my brand somewhere else. And now I ended up with having two cafes. Awesome. Now, I, I, now that I see the mock in the logo, I cannot unsee it. <laughs> it's, now I just feel like, how could I not see it? This is pretty cool. I mean, if you don't know, and then you only know after a year or longer, that's, I mean, that's good branding, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the first time I, ha I went to mock, because it was near my office when I used to work in Brussels. And okay. I think it was back in November 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. One of my friends showed me this coffee shop. And uh, yeah, now it's been almost, yeah, well, almost two years. So I just yeah. feel like, wow, it's always been there. But <laughs> <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever checked the bottom of our coffee bags? No, never. Why? What is it? Um, well, you should go and buy one and see for yourself. Okay. No, I have bought a lot of coffee bags. But okay. It's interesting because I, I sometimes forget about it, but it's like a nice detail on the bottom of the coffee bags. Oh, wow. Okay. I will not I'm... spoil. It's not, it's not like something crazy, but it's just a nice detail I tend to forget about. And it has to do with aesthetics and the, and the logo and an, another interpretation of the logo, let's say. Okay. I'm going to go on, right on, after this. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you dissect the logo, um, you can see there's a square, triangle, and circle. And actually, those three figures stand for our different roast profiles. Oh. So if you look at our green bags, our green labels, which is filter roast, um, you can see there's a triangle on the left. And it says filter roast. The, oh, triangle yeah. has, the triangle has the shape of a coffee filter. 
With espresso, it's the circle. You can see on our website as well. The espresso is a circle, which is the shape of an espresso filter, and it says espresso roast. And then the square is omni-roast, which omni -roast. we basically only use for decaf. So right. these are all things we developed like after the logo was made, and it all like made fitted, sense. fitted together, made sense. Yeah. Um, but those are just details, but I think nice details. No, but that makes the story of the entire brand. Yeah. Indeed. Awesome, gents. Thank you. I think uh, you have been a very amazing person to talk to. Thank uh, you. I am aware that for all the people listening, we have a special surprise for them, right? <clears throat> yes. So, Jens has been kind enough to offer all the people who are listening to The Spice Within a discount of 15%. So, Jens, how can people get this discount? Yeah. So, you just have to go to our website, um, load your trolley, and in the end, you can... Um, fill in a discount code and it's the spice within in capital letters. Um, this discount code will grant you 15% discount um, on all products ordered on our website. Um, and the discount code will stay available for two weeks starting from now. Amazing. So there you go. You need to just go to mockcoffee.be and make sure you buy the amazing coffee and anything you need and then put down the promo code in the end all right gents i think it has been a pleasure to have you here Definitely. Anything thank else you that so you'd much like to, to say in the end or anything else like you like to say before you sign off <laughs> uh now you really put me on the spot right now well obviously, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> obviously thank thank you guys for listening and um I'm the one in charge or in control of our Instagram. So if there's any questions, feel free to reach out. Um, I'm happy to respond when I have the time. Um, and definitely keep your eyes open for when we open up our new roastery. It's going to be, I think, a very interesting place for people who are interested in food and beverages. Um, we're going to organize some tastings, workshops. We're going to start our YouTube channel. So just keep your eyes open and there's a lot... Um, up and coming at Mock. Awesome. Certainly looking forward to everything. All Thank right. you so much, gents. Have an amazing day ahead. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, and JD, have a great day. Thank you. See you next time. All right. Bye.